0: Bible please to the book of 1st Corinthians on this communion Sunday Uh, we look at 1st Corinthians chapter 10 and um, one of the one of the beautiful things about our study in scripture regarding holy communion is that we have studied this from so many different angles over the years and God has been gracious to teach us many profound things about what, in in the limited number of scriptures that actually describe the Lord's Supper, um, and there aren't a whole lot of them in the New Testament, uh, and even extending over into the Passover celebration, um, we're, we're very grateful that God has given us some really keen insights from His Spirit, and it's been Him that... He, he has been the one who's revealed it. But one of the things about... Um, the table of the Lord is that God is always speaking something from an application standpoint from a rhema standpoint that we can look to and I believe that today there is a release point of something very special that God is wanting to communicate with us on this last this last Sunday of this month that has been dedicated to praying and sila prayer and all the other factors that we know this month represents so we want to read 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 16 and 17. Very familiar passage, but let's read it and ask the Spirit to minister something fresh to us from it. The cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? For we being many are one bread and one body, for we are all partakers of that one bread. We ask God's blessing over this word today. The preeminent theme of what I feel like I needed to share with you today was about partnering with uh, the body and the blood of Christ, partnering with it, because that's a term that is used here. But I want to, before we delve into that more fully, I want to clarify the two things that the Bible says first about the blood, second about the body. You notice that it's called the cup of blessing, which we bless. Both of those are eulogia, which speaks about the eternal foundational truth of God from the foundation of the world and our devotion. To seeing that fulfilled now, on surface, you might think that god would have said this about the body because the body speaks about the word the body speaks about the application of the word but no it speaks about this here in conjunction with the blood of jesus and i think that's very significant because uh, we must as we are purveyors of the word of god as we students of the word of god teachers of the word of god We must recognize that the word, as powerful as it is in itself, is needing the application of the blood of Jesus for it to gain its strength. There's no life in a body without the blood. And spiritually, when we speak about what God is doing, what God has ordained from the foundation of the world, all of the factors that are in place for us to partner with that are true, but without the cup, the assignment of God to us and the blood of Jesus within that assignment, we're not really going to be able to adequately fulfill whatever the eulogia of the Lord is. This could have said this cup of Eucharistia. And that, that is a wonderful truth because this is the table of the grace of God. But here there is an undeniable link of uh, the blood of Jesus, the cup of our assignment, and what God has ordained from the foundation of the world, the eulogia. And and I I speak over what our partnership is, especially being those that teach pneumatikos principles from the scripture. I speak and ask for the blood of Jesus to be sprinkled upon that calling and upon our our receiving it, our sending it forth in obedience, and upon the reception of it. You know, what we're talking about particularly with Brazil, but in every other nation where God's opened the door, we go bringing the Word, and we go demonstrating what it means to function as intercessors and sons in the places that uh, God is wanting to move. So we need to first see that this this cup of blessing, this cup of eulogia, which is the eulogia is the communion of the blood of Christ. And secondly, the bo- the bread which we break is the communion of the body of Christ. First of all, remember, you are the body of Christ, but the breaking of it here very clearly with the Greek term klao it speaks about the distribu- dis- the distribution of our assignment. Um, this word was used to describe how Moses set forth the the New Testament description of the Old Testament Moses sending forth the tribes and their tribal allotments. And so, we are when we are saying we're the body of Christ, and the breaking of it. Yes, it speaks about what Jesus did in his sacrifice. But, but for us today, it signifies what our placement is. So on the one hand, you've got the cup of blessing, the assignment. and People can have an assignment without a placement. People can be in a place without an assignment. We've seen that. We've seen that in ministry all over the, all over the world said, how in the world did you get put in this position you have no desire to be here and you don't seem to know what in the world you're doing and when you get placement and assignment together then you have a point of contact that is uh, a receptor of the power of god so the 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 thing that we know is that the calling the cup of our calling is empowered through the blood it's the life-giving influence it is the miraculous measure of sprinkling that activates and sustains. But we also then have our identity as the body of Christ serving where God has called us to serve in the place or in the, the measure of wh- where we have a responsibility um, as serving there in that body to just say, I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God without then the only place that you're assigned in is your appointed pew waiting for the trumpet to call. And nobody better sit in that pew. If you come in, they're going to get the stink eye from you. Uh, If if they're sitting in your pew, if that's the only place that your gap and your assignment, you better get on your face before God and say, hey, I need to be doing a whole lot more for you than just warming this pew that I've sat in for decades. We must know that as the body of Christ, it's not just a family, even though it is. It's not just a a club, even though it is a wonderful point of association. Even though it's yes, it's the heavenly home. Yes, thank God for that. But it, it comes with an assignment. And you better know that God is expecting you to be in that gap and to serve there. So you have both of these communicated. And they're called communion, the famous word koinonia. And I, I, I know we've studied about this in the past. And um, I know that we learned that it means to share, to have a common point of sharing. I know that even our word coin, you stick your hand in your pocket and you see coins. It's from koine or koinonia. Koinonia. And we we called our currency after that for millennia uh, to describe how people in a certain land would be able to convey wealth and participate in commerce. And so we understood that Koine meant something that was shared that we all benefit from. But yesterday I felt the Lord saying, Study this a little bit more. There's something else that I, I want to show you. And so I I did that. And of course, I had to sift through the wonderful things that we've already understood, because the lexicons and the and the word uh, the word explorations are full of those if you're looking for them. And I, I discovered something really interesting that the the really the beginning of the word koine from which ONEA comes from, the beginning of it at its root, really meant a partnership, a partnership. If you, back in those early days, a long time ago, when they wanted to describe people coming into an alignment to partner in a business, or even to partner in, in a marriage, or to partner in some kind of a familial family uh endeavor they would come into an accord that they would call a a coin and they would say okay we're in this together and we're we're all about fulfilling what it is that we've set forth to do what does this family represent you know it's it's very interesting to see like in restaurants some restaurants when families form a, a, a restaurant, when I was a kid, growing up in high school, several of my friends were Italian kids, and their families owned restaurants. And they all worked in those restaurants. It was the family business. And they all had a responsibility. and they knew, they knew that they all owned it. They ate that food, that these were our recipes um and when when grandpa dies this is inherited down the line and they never griped about it it wasn't like they were a fry cook at mcdonald's fries up you know this was their partnership this is what they did and you know i'm not trying to sound racist thank you lord um the power just went off i hope our live stream is still up um some there was a chinese restaurant that i used to go with dennis's parents down here it's called the snow pea and um we'd go down there fjordbach would never go there he said there was too many worms that's what he'd say but i liked it i love their egg rolls down there that's great i miss that place but that was a family-run business and as the case of so many chinese immigrants they would have a family-run business. In the Mexican restaurants, many of them were that way too. Uh, If you were in a partnership as a family, you all shared in it. You all did the work. You had a responsibility. Nobody would gripe. It was just amazing to me how those kids that I grew up with, they, they complained about all kinds of other things. They never complained about having to go to work in the restaurant. I never heard one of them complain because that's just what they did. That was their source of income. That was their family. They were all part of it. And, and it was just, it, it it evoked so many memories of that and things that I've seen when I see that the, the meaning of the initial meaning of koinonia was not just everybody getting around playing Scrabble on a Saturday night, which is what, we used to have a Sunday school class here called koinonia. And uh, well, I won't go through the, the details, but that's what, The folks that really pushed that in in some ways thought that's what it meant just fellowship but it's a partnership it's knowing that god has given you something to do and it's a partnership you're in the family business which is what jesus said must i not be about my father's business everything i do is if you see me you know i'm doing what the father is doing and that's that's what communion is And then, if you go to verse 17, which we read, we are all partakers of that one assignment in the bread. This is the root of koinonia. This is that partnership. It's translated in the King James here as partakers, but so many other places where it was used in the koine of the land, there I use the term again, it meant a partnership so you have the communion which is depicting koinonia the depicting the depiction of the partnership but here you then have paul saying we are all partners of what this bread represents as the body and that's what we all are that's what we all are we're partners with our father in his business and that means work that means dedication that means knowing that we have an assignment, and we better get after it. You know, it was funny. Again, I'm I'm using these Italian kids, as a as an example. One time, uh, we did what we regularly did. Um, I, I hate to admit this, but you know, I had I have a gift to be able to be suddenly, and. Um, and it, that can be a curse in some ways because you rely on that gift rather than actually being prepared. And I have short-term memory that I could really memorize things. So sometimes, Father Dennis, forgive me, I've sinned. I wouldn't study for tests because I knew I could do an all-nighter and ace the thing. Whether I'd remember it a week later or not, so a couple of these italian kids were the same way and we would study for a couple of tests and we'd all ace it everybody was happy their parents study my parents just as long as i passed that was all they cared about but i remember at six o'clock one morning both of these kids i was going to try to get just a little bit of sleep before i had to go catch the bus They got in their cars, and they went to the restaurant. No complaint. They had jobs to do before school, and they they weren't complaining at all. And they went because that was their partnership. That was their family business. And, you know, we need to recognize that this wonderful Scripture identifies our job before the Father, the work of the ministry is that partnership, and we make so many things. It's like in Sunday school class, um, uh, Pastor Fabian was speaking about um, the things that might try to separate us from the agape of the Lord, and there was a good discussion about that. But in so many ways, we let so many things come up that separate us from our responsibility. And uh, honestly, I want to tell you, a source of the miraculous that I've learned is that if you've got something that arises that might try to keep you from being what you're supposed to be, if you just press through and say, God wants me there, God wants me to do this, I'll do it, it's amazing how the miracle power of the Lord will help you. And you will know victory because you went on about the Father's business. It's amazing how that works. It's amazing how that works. And I think that one of the first things God wants to share with us today is that we've been faithful as a body to fulfill as much as we could. We yes, have we made mistakes? Yes, have we missed it at times? Yes, but overall we've kept our focus on this is what God's called us to do. We're going to do it. And um, but I but I think that God is taking us into a new dimension of that point of partnership this is the heart of koinonia this is the heart of partakers in this calling and and again it's so easy to say there's some purists that would say well koinonia just means that whatever God has given to us we all can receive it so everybody you know Debbie K doesn't get a point of salvation that's better than what Nancy gets. We all are. We all receive that. Well, of course, koinonia means that, but it's the entry point. It's like saying, oh yeah, I see the title of this book, but never crack and open the book to see what the book is actually saying you're supposed to do. Is just receiving the book enough for you? Is just owning the book enough for you? Or do you really want to function in what that book says you're supposed to be? Yes, we enter in through the acceptance of the freely offered gift of Christ. That is a koinonia. But this means partnership. It's not being just somebody that's in the family who doesn't do anything. It's not being somebody in the family that we all have to make excuses for. Oh, they couldn't be here today. Oh, they're not here. Uh, You know, I'm not talking about church attendance. Oh, they didn't show up for work today. I'm talking about the mission of the Lord. We all have a responsibility. And we we need to know that God takes it seriously. Partaker and communion, same word. And it really means partnership. With who? With the Father in the family business. I want us to look at 2 Peter chapter 1. Peter gets in on the action we're going to look at second peter and then we're going to go back to first peter so just be ready to turn or poke the screen or whatever it is or look up there um second peter one verses one through five simon peter a servant and an apostle of jesus christ to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of god and our savior jesus christ grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according as His divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of Him that hath called us unto glory and virtue. We're going to talk about glory and virtue here in a minute. Whereby are we given unto us, are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers, there's our word, partner, of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge. Here, Peter uses this root of koinonia to talk about the divine nature, where we become like God, where we act like him where we become what he is to be like jesus to be like christ to be like-minded this is this is uh this is the partnership when you partner with god in this way you become partners of the divine nature we ought to all want that shouldn't we and then peter lists eight things You can study these for yourself. It's a really good progression. The first is that we give diligence to this. We adhere to it. We say, we're going to follow this and we're going to master this through the power of the Lord. Add to your faith what God says at the right hand, virtue. Here, virtue is a word that is arete, and it really means to become mature, to discipline yourself in something to dedicate yourself to a discipline. The Greeks, in their mythology, from this word, they called Ares the god of war, supposedly, the one who had mastered warfare. They called him by that name because they said he had mastered warfare. So Peter says, add to your faith in the divine nature and partnering with God, what God's saying at the right hand you become a master of that not messing around with it not saying oh you know I gave it a good try to really embody that and we can all do that Uh, we used to say you know some people say I just don't understand it and we rebuke that spirit of idiocy that we so often would absorb I remember Katie can testify of this they didn't say this very often, but if either she or Kelly would say, I just don't understand. I would say, you're going to understand. And you, you, that's not, you, you know, this is not that hard. This is not that hard. So just get that out of your head that you don't understand this. We're going to understand. And they did understand. Isn't that right? I even learned the Phi Beta Kappa fancy handshake because of that. So this is. This is what we need to do. We need to apply ourselves to what God has given. There is nobody in this world that can say, I cannot understand the Word of God. That is just, that is, <laughs> that's not, it is, it is not possible. It's not possible to say God gave His living Word and I just don't understand it. Now, you may, do you get it right off? No. Do you understand it all immediately? Of course not. But we need to to add to our faith uh, this desire for masteries. And there are other scriptures that speak about this, but that's what virtue is here. Just quickly, thumbnailing. What else? When you commit yourself to mastery, then you gain knowledge. If you're just playing around, you're not going to gain knowledge and that's what the scripture says to knowledge temperance the application of the kratos authority of the throne of god so if if you're hearing from god and you're committing yourself to be uh astute in your obedience and application of the word then god shows you things and he allows you then to view things through the power of the throne and he really would grant unto you the ability to represent the power of the throne. Temperance is not just that you don't drink. Temperance is that you, uh, that you are really demonstrating the power of the throne in application. And then through that, the first sign of the apostolic, patience. It's the, When you're ministering the power of the throne, it doesn't mean whoosh, there it is. You've got it done. So immediately you're going to be able to call down the lightning strike. No, God is so amazing about how important it is for you to walk in patience. In your patience, possess your soul. You know why that is? Because your soul can screw things up so quickly. I thought it was going to be today and God promised me and it's not here. And then your soul is leading you down to hell or away from what God has called patience is a virtue tribulation works it yes but you got to look at that when you're when you're in the middle of a battle what is one of your greatest weapons patience and why because this battle is going to be won it may not look like it now but it only looks that way because thus says the lord this is what god said so when you're i just love this for peter to say these things it really had to be the inspiration of the spirit you've got the power of the throne the ultimate power the kratos of god and then patience and then patience is a derivative of theos you are really acting as god would act representing him and to that you surround yourself with others who are doing this um that's brotherly kindness And then eight, charity, where you are saying, we've done all this because of our devotion to you at the throne and we see the victory, we're ready to move into the next thing. I love that. What a good progression from our brother Peter. That that really is an inspiring thing. You know, we always have to caution saints not to, be haughty or not to think we're better than anybody else. We're better than what we used to be. That's where it is. We ought to be better than what we used to be. We're always being perfected. But um, who you hang around with? I I think it's very interesting that you got this brotherly kindness business there at the very end, because so often when God brings us to a point of victory, we're ready to launch into something new. There will be the tendency to just slack off and become aligned or put ourselves in positions where people who are not walking in the godly path, sometimes even in the demonic, and very often in paths that are uh, that are seducing pathways, they may look godly, but they're really not what we're called to be. You can, you can get off at the wrong ends, exit. And it's very interesting that you see this right here. You know, I think that Peter demonstrated this when uh, jesus was being interrogated by the sanhedrin why peter was sitting out there at that fire with those yahoos who didn't have anything good to contribute who were more than willing to say we hate this one that's in there you were with him why it kind of reminds me of david going to gath why would you put yourself in that position these people have sworn to kill you these people at that fire are not your friends in fact they're they're all there in support of murdering the one that you love and you're next on the list why are you there now that's just a question so i think peter learned that and there's a warning for us in it maybe not a negative warning so much even though it's there but it's an admonition that to, to guard over who you're with. Now, David said in the first psalm, "I'm not going to sit in the seat of the scorner. I'm not going to do it. Oh, but I'm lonely. It's, yeah, you you could be. It's a lonely path on the way to hell. It really is. How much do you value your partnership with the Lord? Guard over, guard over, where you are. And I'd say this in this, these days. You are partnering for the purpose of the divine nature. And that is a wonderful eightfold progression. I love that. I, mean, I just do. So Peter mentions this one other time, and it's back in First Peter. So just uh, let's go there. 1 Peter 5, verse 1. I could read it off the screen, but I'm going old school. Rustling of the leaves. The elders which are among you, I exhort, who am also an elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and a partaker, partner of the glory that shall be revealed. So twice, Peter allows us to see this partnership. The one we just saw was, hey, I'm committed to the process of God and I want his divine nature to be radiating within me and demonstrated, not just seen, but may I be that, a partner to where I am committed to what God is and what he's wanting. But here, Peter speaks about partnering with the glory that is progressively being revealed. It's not just that that I embrace the mission and I'm faithful in it, I'm going to see what God has ordained to have happen, the demonstration of the Spirit and power, and I'm partnering with that too. So to me, um, I felt so strongly that something that God wants to reveal to us and for us at this communion table is the essence of partnership in what we're called to do, where we're called to do it, that we need to embrace that that assignment and we need to embrace that empowerment of the blood of Jesus for the accomplishment of what God has established from the foundation of the world. And in that, we need to be partners. Excuse me. And so when we come today to this table and we we see this broken bread which represents so much biblically Um, the the precious measure of communing with the father the precious word from God um, the the willingness to sacrifice this physical frame for any God's eternal plan Um, it's it's broken that's not only a purity of the unleavened nature let God do something today that he's never done before Uh, we we don't rely on the victories of the past we've learned from them but we want something new and fresh that's the essence of unleavened that, that that the assignment the breaking each of us has that assignment for ourselves individually but we as a body and as saints We preach this. We depict this as wherever we go in obedience. So that's there. But there's also a partnership. We are partnering. It's not just an assignment. As precious as that would be, I want to give you a job to do. We're partnering with God. We are partners in this. And I'm grateful. But this cup, the sprinkling of the blood, the blood of Jesus, the power of the blood, that touches us today. This is a partnership of of our aligning ourselves through the power of the Spirit, the power of the blood to accomplish with God what He ordained from the foundation of the world. This is wonderful. You know, think about that. When we study the Word, we're learning eternal principles. They'll never pass away. But before, it, how, how do you know? Only God was there. But what God ordained in His, in his thinking, in His ways, that eternal desire. And, and again, I say I don't know how God did this when it was just Him. But before He said anything, He felt and desired this. That's what's represented by the blood. The word, which is wonderful, is is eternal too. But you've got to have both. I I want the word, yes. I long for the word, but I want his desire. And the shedding of blood, which is life-giving, communicates that desire. We need that in us and there's desire is is a great weapon if you have two teams on the field equally matched the one with the greater desire is going to win the one with the greater commitment is going to win and um, we need that commitment but we need the word we're partners in both of these so I don't know what God's going to release to you I don't know what God's going to release to us but this table is alive it's a table of grace what you need in your life god's going to give it to you today what we need as a body on this brett sunday god's going to give it to us today and i as uh, as the as the young ladies minister and worship before the lord i just ask that as you gain these elements and you find a place to pray that you'll open yourself and commit and say father i thank you that i can partner with you thank you for that privilege I thank you that I have an assignment from you. And I thank you that I have a divine inspiration and drive and desire through your blood to fulfill this. We need both of them. And and I release that to all of us and to our Saints Network family today. Father, as we come before your table now, This table is alive in you. Thank you for your sacrifice, but thank you for the way that it opens the door into partnership with our Father, and with you, and with his seven spirits. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. I ask that as your people come now, that your spirit will meet with them, that your blood will be applied, that your word will be known, that you'll give us things today that you know we need and you've made this appointment for them to be imparted into our lives. Thank you for this, Lord. Bless this time. Bless the worship. And we thank you for all of it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's come. Let's receive. Let's spend time before the Lord. And God bless you. you